you know, there's a, a lot to talk about. Not only are players who are in the system, primarily offensive players stepping up, but also now we have, of course, the new draft class of 2021, none of whom have taken the field yet as a Cardinal to try to figure out, uh, you know, where they might be interleaved into the prospect rankings as we assess you know, which players may have the best chance of contributing at St. Louis someday. Just a general question about the draft. What, what are you hearing about the Cardinals draft as you evaluate it and others that start to really break this thing down? And they're, they're close to signing all their picks, but uh, what have you heard in a general aspect about the Cardinals draft this year? Well, the Cardinals drafted a lot of college pitchers and they need pitching in the minor league system. You know, as we've talked about a lot this year, the pitching, uh, whether you go from Memphis all the way down to, to Palm Beach, has not been good. And so they're, you know, restocking with college guys who can hopefully contribute fairly quickly. But they also made uh, a handful of very uh, selective high school picks, uh, two of whom they already have on board. Uh, Joshua Baez, the outfielder from Massachusetts, who has uh, a very interesting upside profile. You know, guys like uh, guys who we were talking about, like Dylan Carlson and, and Nolan Gorman a few years ago. So the the um, uh, the Cardinals, and then uh, they just, of course, signed their seventh rounder, uh, a Colorado high school pitcher, Alec Willis, six six already uh, as a teenager, uh, who has again some very interesting potential. So the Cardinals saved some money on some of their other picks, so they could convince some of these high schoolers to to forego college and and join the organization. And as you said, you know, the, of the twenty one picks, it looks like you know they have a pretty good shot of getting them all in house by the deadline, which is. Uh, next Sunday, the uh, 1st of August. Let's talk a little bit about your top 50 prospects. I always love diving into this, was diving into it yesterday. So what has happened with the top 10 of, of some of the guys that have moved in or maybe some of the guys that have moved out? Well, there's a constant at the top, and that is that Gorman and Libertor, from, from my uh, perspective, are still the top two players in the system. As many of our listeners probably know, Nolan Gorman moved up from AA to AAA recently. Uh, he started slowly there at AAA, but he's you know learning a new league and he's facing pitchers, uh, many of whom have major league experience. But he's come on very well with the bat recently, showing power, driving in runs, and he continues to play second base uh, fairly regularly as well. So he's you know building that defensive versatility so that he can compete for a job with St. Louis uh, potentially next year. Matthew Libertor, uh, as folks may know, was challenged. He, he only played at a low class A in 2019 before the pandemic. Last year, he was in the alternate camp, but he was jumped all the way to AAA this year, started off a little bit slowly, but then went off to compete in the Olympic qualifier for Team USA, did very well there, and has performed quite well with Memphis since he came back. And so they're still my top two guys in the system. But the two guys that have really moved up this time in my mind, are the top two draft picks from a year ago. And that's third baseman Jordan Walker, who played very, very well to start the season at Palm Beach and has now been promoted to Peoria. And again, new level, a very young guy, just turned 19 years old. So he's you know several years younger than the average player in his league and is uh, you know starting to get his feet on the ground there. He hit his first home run the other day. And then Mason Wynn, who's a very interesting, you know, very uh, strong athlete, excellent arm, uh, is a shortstop, but also pitcher, has been focusing on shortstop this year, but the Cardinals say that Mason Wynn will continue to pitch as well. And he's still at uh, Palm Beach. He started there with Wynn, with Walker, but uh, Wynn is, you know, showing good on base skills. He's a leadoff type guy, uh, getting on base, 
uh, uh, stealing bases, scoring runs, and you know is looking really comfortable there now. And I wouldn't be surprised, depending on what they do with win pitching. Uh, but as an offensive player, as a shortstop, he could be following Walker soon. And so those two guys, Walker and Wynn, have moved ahead of Yvonne Herrera and Zach Thompson. Yvonne Herrera is the catching prospect at Double A. Has had a slow start to the season with the bat, but there's still you know several months to go. And then Zach Thompson, the the other left-hander who is at Memphis, you know, finally got his first Triple uh, A win uh, at, on Friday, and uh, threw a six-inning shutout by far the best outing for the year for Zach Thompson. So Thompson is certainly behind Libertor right now in his development, but uh, his last outing, you know, perhaps he's turned the corner. Uh, then also in the top 10, of course, are McGreevy and Baez, the two top picks that the Cardinals signed this year, as well as Alec Burleson, who we talked about a little earlier this year, the outfielder who was taken last year, a Polish college player, uh, played very, very well at Peoria and is hitting the ball extremely well at, at Springfield as well, showing great power. And so Burleson has also moved into our top 10, along with Angel Rondon, who's uh, also pitching better at AAA. Yeah, absolutely. Brian Walden is our guest of thecardinalnation.com. Uh, I subscribe to it. If you're a Cardinal fan, you love the minor leagues, make sure you uh, do yourself a favor, subscribe to thecardinalnation.com. I want to go back to Mason Wynn for a moment. And you mentioned he's got a big arm, and he's, he's pitched, and he's playing shortstop. I wonder if the Otani situation has opened more people up to the idea of two-way players. And I, I do wonder if the Cardinals are intrigued with that to the point that they're going to let him get on the mound at some point. That's what they say. And he did uh, – Wynn was in the alternate camp last year and, again, was primarily a shortstop until later in the camp. And then they did let him take the mound for uh, you know uh, later in the camp. But, of course, those games weren't televised and weren't really – even made public. So we don't really know what, how much of what happened, but I think the interesting thing with Wynn, there's no doubt that the Cardinals still, they're saying they want him to pitch as well as play shortstop. But the question is, you know, will they slow down his overall um, promotion process for him to pick up pitching? For example, as an offensive performer, I could argue that he could follow Walker to, to high a Peoria today. But if they may want to keep him in Palm Beach a while longer and have him start pitching this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him to make sure that his development kind of stays in balance in those two positions, if you get my point. Absolutely. Um, I want to go to Nolan Gorman for a moment. We have heard and he told me that he's really enjoying second base. Like he, he just he said, I, I love it, actually. It's been a lot of fun to go play a different position. And I feel like I'm under the you know tutelage of Jose Okendo and Stubby Clapp and others, have made that transition uh, really easy for him. What have you heard about that, in particular with the defense of Nolan Gorman moving to second base? Well, he's still learning the position, and but he's making he's making the place he needs to play. Now and then he he has a mistake or two, but everything I've heard is that they're very pleased with his progress at the position. And I think you know we've seen the Cardinals take guys like who are good athletes like a Skip Schumacher, like a Matt Carpenter, who's a tall guy, wouldn't normally, you know, fit that stereotype. And they made them into major league quality defenders. And I have no reason to believe that Nolan Gorman could not be uh, a second baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals next year if he continues on his current development path. Yeah, but, but again, I mean, as, as you and I have talked about many times, Dan, you know, his ticket to the major leagues is his bat, his power. And he just has to be, you know, be able to play a credible defense because his his batting, his hitting will be 
what will you know eventually cause him to become a major league starter. I want to go back to Jordan Walker uh, for a second. I've heard John Mosellock say in his 20-plus years of being with the organization, young hitters, the names that he mentioned, Albert Pujols, Oscar Tavares, and now Jordan Walker. It is really unique at his age to be able to do what he's doing and to be at the level that he's at, isn't it? Yeah, and the metrics um, that we've heard and seen out of his play, you know, talk about his hard hit percentage and and the rate, the the velocity at which the balls leave his bat, which are very, very impressive for a young man. I, I think what has really impressed me about Walker is that he's kept his strikeouts and walks pretty much in sync. And, uh, you know, for a power hitter, that is extremely impressive, especially for one that young. I still bristle a little bit when I hear, you know, comparisons like those, because that's going to put a lot of pressure on still a very, very young man. And I just don't think it's fair to Jordan Walker to mention Albert Pujols in the same sentence, but that's just my opinion. I could understand that. Um, One guy that is kind of intriguing with the summer that he's had is Nick Plummer. And that would ring a bell, that name for some fans, because they probably remember him being a top pick and, and it's kind of come together for him this summer, hasn't it? It, it really has, Dan, and it's kind of a surprise, to be honest. Nick Plummer, you know, kind of languished in the system for four years. And, you know, if you look at, at Joshua Baez, the, the outfielder the Cardinals took in the second round this year, it, it kind of reads like Nick Plummer part two. You know, a guy with, with good potential from a, from a cold-weather state who maybe hasn't played the, the length of seasons and the type of, of competition that you'd like but looked good in the showcase circuits. But Nick Plummer was a guy that frankly had played his way off our prospect list. You know, he didn't look like a major league prospect, a guy that maybe, you know, if he didn't cut it this year, you know, might actually get released. And for whatever reason, Plummer, you know, has really blossomed at double a Springfield. I mean, he's got 10 home runs already uh, driven in, you know, 36 runs in 66 games hitting over 300. So he's basically a 300, 400, 500 player right now. 300 average, 400 on base, 500 slugging. And so, you know, the only thing that's the only thing that's still a concern about Plummer is he's striking out uh, over a third of the time. But, you know, he has his numbers this year, you know, make him look like he's a guy that, you know, can get himself back on the prospect map map. And he's come back onto our list in the in the mid thirties after not even being ranked in our in our last go round. We've heard so much about Matthew Libertor, and let's go back to him. He's in your your top two here. Um, it's been a learning season for him to go from A ball, no season, then all of a sudden jump to AAA. And it seems like as we go along, he's making some pretty good adjustments. That's right. That's right. He really has, Dan. Um, he got he got dinged up. Uh, I don't know about ten days or so ago. Gave up five runs, but. In a, in a six inning outing, but he gave up those runs early and he buckled down. He gave up a couple home runs, but he stayed in the game and he really, really fought. And then the next time out, he threw six shutout innings um, on just four hits and no walks and looked like a guy who is a, you know, polished pitcher uh, nearing his readiness for the major leagues. And it'll be just interesting to see, you know, how much pressure the Cardinals feel they need to make. Certainly if Miles Michaelis and and Jack Flaherty can stay on their trajectory to come back and somehow help. That might enable them to you know give um, Matthew Libertor a little more development time. But you know if if he could string together more starts like his last time out, you know I could see him ready. But you know prior to that he had a couple of bumpy ones, and you know again that's what you expect 
with a young player who's, you know, who was moved up very, very aggressively this year and is still just 21 years of age. Final question. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but Zach Thompson, and again, my guest is Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. Zach Thompson uh, finally picked up a win, and we've been kind of waiting for him because they're very high on this young man, top pick out of Kentucky a couple years ago. That's got to be something that's good. I- I'd love to see what the numbers were because I know he's had issues with control, but bottom line, getting that first win, and maybe that's a, a starting point for him. Yeah, Zach Thompson, again, was moved up very aggressively, never played at double A. Um, and I was wondering whether it might have been, you know, prudent thing to send him down and let him have some success there. But the Cardinals had started to shorten his outings, Zach, Zach Thompson's outings. So instead of trying to get him five or six innings, they were going three or four innings and, you know, getting maybe uh, more success in a shorter package. And then this last time, as you mentioned, they stretched him out to six innings and he had an outing just as, as good as Libertor did uh, in his six, six uh, shutout innings. And, you know, that's something that I think Zach Thompson can build on. He certainly got, certainly got the stuff. It's just a matter of now gaining the experience and learning how to pitch to AAA and, and major league quality uh, type of hitters. And by the way, you know, you, we talked about Libertor and Thompson and Rondon, and these guys starting to pitch well, like was expected of them, is a big reason why Memphis is, has, you know, now, uh, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 games in a row, uh, wins in a row because, uh, you know, they're doing what the Cardinals organization traditionally has done, which is give them good pitching. And uh, it's, you know, it's nice to see Memphis playing better baseball. Hey, Brian, I'll wrap it up with this. And thanks for being with us. Uh, Tell folks about subscribing to thecardinalnation.com. Well, we have an amount of material that's free for everyone, minor league recaps and box scores for every day. But then we also have a a team of local reporters in Memphis, Springfield, Peoria, et cetera, and including the backfields in Jupiter for the Complex League. So they're bringing you information about what's going on actually at these ballparks. And, of course, we continue to have features like our top prospect list that we spent a lot of the time today talking about, Dan. And I think if folks are really interested in the Cardinals minor leagues, we're going to give you uh, uh, in-depth information that you're just not going to find anywhere else. Hey, Brian, as always, thanks for hopping on. Appreciate it. Love your work. And uh, you can find that at thecardinalnation.com, and we'll catch up soon. Take care, Dan.